Oh man, we have got a new intro. It's a new season. We are back with the Make Community Podcast, and um, we are so glad to be back with y'all. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sitting in the same room as Dylan right now. Dylan, you're you're sitting on the other side of the country, aren't you? Yeah, I'm sitting in Rhode Island. I think when we ended the last season, I was also in Rhode Island. Is that is that right? Sure. That sounds awesome. Um, that, that sounds right. Hey, I, I want to point something out before we get too far, and I forget this. But yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. Today is Monday. When you're hearing this, it's Wednesday or beyond. Uh, but yesterday, my first day back after my month-long sabbatical, I'm walking in the cafe side of our auditorium, and one of the ladies that greets at that door, one of our difference makers, she grabs me and she goes, hey, you need to know something. I was like, oh, no, what? She goes, Team Chupacabra. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm totally convinced. She goes, I've done the research. Team Chupacabra. And I was like, power to my people. Power to my <laughs> Chupacabra season two peeps. All right. Um, and she's not the first one. I've had a lot of Chupacabra. I, I think you altered a vote somewhere, somewhere, Dylan. Uh, I think. Hey, this just shows that no one actually votes on polls. I'm, so. I'm under protest that um, I think I think Dylan has been fudging the poll numbers. In his favor, that's what I think. That's what I think. I don't. Happen. I don't really care for fudge in any manner. Much wait, less wait, fudging. hold on. That's a whole nother. You don't like fudge, eh. bro? I eh. don't. I don't even know you anymore. You go to San Diego and Rhode Island, and you're just a different person. Like you don't like fudge. You're you're fudging numbers. You, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've never asked me before if I liked fudge, so that has nothing to do with my geographic location. Hey, welcome to season three. Um, it's it's li- <laughs> literally it, it took us less than two <laughs> two minutes into this season, and we're already off the rails. Uh, so you're in Rhode Island. Talk to us about because you haven't been in Rhode Island for the last three months. Like, what what have you been up to? No. Um, I, well, I was back in Tucson for about a week and a half, um, last month, I think, I don't know. They all kind of run together. Um, it was kind of cool to get to spend some time with you while you were on your sabbatical. Um, that's really cool. It, it, if, for, for those of you listening, like it's really easy for you to put together that me and Trevor are friends and that we're friends with a lot of people on staff. Um, but it's this weird kind of dynamic where you are my work friend, you are my pastor, you are my you know co-host for the podcast and then there's like we're also friends outside of all that and yeah. and we hang out outside of that so it's it's different layers it's like an onion it is it's true um we're basically shrek uh, yeah it's good so uh that was a lot of fun come hang out in tucson right before it got really hot um i picked up pickleball with the hamlins so that's Bro. that's something that i'm, I'm pickling now okay let, let me let me pause you there because I really want to like find a pickleball league, but can I tell Dude, you, how, you, need to, you need to just go play with the Hamlins. You know how hard it is to find a place in Tucson to play pickleball. Where do they play? Yeah. Um, Udall park, bro. I'm, I'm just telling you, like we, we play every time we go on vacation, usually the resorts have pickleball. We played in Palm Springs. Like Ella and I stood out there underneath the lights till like 10 30 when I playing pickleball. Um, we had pickleball courts at our golf course in Ohio. Uh, I'm telling you, I love it. I watch it on TV. I've been watching like the world finals and the national final, like a lot of fun, bro. It's crazy. And it looks awesome. And it's a really good workout. Oh, bro. It burns crazy calories. I burned like 900 calories in a light game with Chris, Rebecca and Jax. Yeah. And it was seven hours. It was a fantastic. <laughs> uh, it was good. No. <laughs> no, it does. It burns a ton of calories. Good cardio, good workout um, and keeps you moving. The whole time. Yeah. Um, so, well, that's cool, man. You're a, you're a pickleballer. Um, pickleballer. Um, in our in our subdivision, cul-de-sac, I don't know what to call it. It's In our community in San Diego, uh, there's a pickleball court. So uh, I got a couple of paddles for me and Melissa. So we're going to take it up when, when she gets home, too. So that'll Bro, be fun. That, that's awesome. I, I got a feeling she'll be way more competitive. Yes. I could see her like, I'm going to have to ditch you the for a new partner so we can go on tour. The only thing in life that I think I'm more competitive at than Melissa is Monopoly. And she just will not play Monopoly with me. That's because she can't win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to admit that, but. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's usually why competitive people like her won't play things because they don't like losing. I don't like losing. But no one likes to play Monopoly with me anymore. Well, that's probably true because you're probably a jerk, but that's okay. Um, 
I just like to extend a lot of grace to people. So like, if you're going bankrupt, I'm all about making deals and like, you don't have to pay this time. No, you're a slumlord. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a slumlord in Monopoly. Monopoly slumlords. Um, so let me ask this. Like, there's a story you told me when you were here, you were trying to learn how to play chess from Chris Hamlin's son, Jax. And, right. um, and because he knows how to play and you don't, he took advantage of you not knowing how to play. And I feel like that might be a little bit how you are with Monopoly, like how Jax may have been with you during chess. It's not even like that. Jax didn't take advantage of me because he didn't, or because I didn't know how to play. He just wouldn't teach me how to play because he was afraid I was going to beat him. And I'm like, dude. Yeah, that's taking advantage of you not being able to play. <laughs> you don't know how much I don't know how to play this game. There is nothing you can tell me at this point that will help me win this match. You should have just played him like Game. You should have played the whole thing like checkers and just really messed with him. That would have been hilarious. That's how I started playing. And he's like, you can't do that. I was like, why can't I do that? He's like, well, that piece doesn't do that. And then he used another piece that looked very similar to that piece and did exactly what I did. And I was like, you can't do that. And he's like, no, this one can do that. Mm. So like, I, I don't want to play this game anymore. Yeah. You know what? I, I have a, a semblance of how to play chess. I know what all the pieces do. I could be honest with you. It, it's one of those games you either really love to play or you really don't love to play. And can I just tell you, I really don't love to play it. <laughs> I just don't. So you didn't you didn't play a lot of chess on your sabbatical? Is that what you're No. No, no, no. Know? Chess chess was not at the top of the list of things to do on sabbatical. Uh, so you got how long are you in Rhode Island till? Um we both together uh fly home on July thirteenth. So oh. after that she's with all of her training here. And we will actually get to live together for the first time in quite some time. Well, that's nice. You get to live with your wife. That's 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 yeah, always a bonus. It's a novel idea. That's always a bonus. Um, well, that's awesome. Anything else going on this summer? Anything you've been doing? Anything you've been rolling through? Uh, it's cool. I mean, I've gotten to spend a lot of time traveling, which I love. Um, we went up to Boston last weekend and hung out in Boston. So that's cool. Um, we're trying to decide if we want to make a weekend trip to New York because like, where we're at in Newport, Rhode Island, it's like it's pretty easy to get to a lot of places over here. So the downfall is renting a car. And I don't know if you've looked at rental car prices as of the last like year, apparently. But it's, we paid an astronomical amount of money to have a car for 48 hours. So have, have you thought about like just grabbing the train because the train goes from everywhere? Yeah. yeah, we have talked about that. So that might be what we end up, especially in somewhere like New York, where you don't really want to do a lot of driving anyway. No, no, you don't. I mean, we were just there and it's. It, you don't want, you don't want to drive in New York. It's horrible to drive in. It, it's the worst. Um, the only thing you gotta be careful with with the train is, you know, that thing could go off the rails. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, you set that up perfectly. I really appreciate that. Uh, I do. I do. I do what I do. So, well, that's good, man. I'm glad you guys are going to get back on this side of the country. Hopefully, we'll get to see you a little more over here. When are you back at the Pantano again? Uh, we're back actually for GLS, so we'll be oh, on site for GLS sweet. in August. Uh, That'll be awesome. He's working on in some special liberty to actually be there for the conference. Um, but if not, she will be there on Sunday, the Sunday after GLS. So awesome! Um, you'll get to see both of us. It's a two for one special. Man, it's a one for one, and it's not you. That's just let's just <laughs> call it what it is. I can't wait to see my sister from another mister. Um, it's been hey, a hot minute. Hey, roll the rest of this podcast. Um, I'm actually I I got an email in the Pantano General email because I. I get those emails and I try to respond to a lot of them. And Christine does a great job responding to all of them. Um, but I actually saw one come through and I was talking to someone. Um, she's actually asking where we print some of our, our cards, like the GLS cards and stuff like that. And so I was able to share that information with her, but we just kept talking. Um, and she said her husband, Steve is a huge uh, fan of the make. And I told her that I would, 100% give Steve a shout out on episode one of season three. We, we are so, up to, we're up to five fans. We actually have a legitimate listener that would call himself a fan. Uh, I will tell you, like I, I'm still baffled anytime somebody tells me they listen to this chaos, but um, I've had, I've had so many people are like, Hey, when, when, when are you guys going to bring a podcast back? And I'm like, really? You want it back? Like, is this? <laughs> I'm really waiting for people to be like, so are you guys finally going to hang that up? Are you, are you guys done with that? Like, is that over? Um, no, cool, Steve. I'm so glad you listen. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, all of you that listen, thank you for listening. In fact, uh, one of the things I would ask you to do is share this, put it out there in your social media realm. And if you do us a favor and go, especially like at Apple or Spotify and go give it a review, that actually helps it get put into the queue so more people can hear it. So um, yep. if you think it's worth listening to, 
which is just hilarious to me. Uh, there is some really good nuggets that we end up with in here. Um, I also want to promote um, my buddy um, has a podcast called the Unseminary Podcast, and I was on that podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, it's a church leadership podcast, but it is very much, um, if you ever want to be in the know of like church world a little bit, it is a great a great podcast to be a part of. It's called Unseminary Podcast. Go check that out. Um, but Dylan, what else are we talking about today? What do you what do you want to dive into today? Dude, we started a new series. Uh, like like you said, today is Monday while we're recording this. You'll hear this on Wednesday. So a belated happy 4th of July to everyone listening. Yes. Um, but we started the new series yesterday, Sunday, um, called Identity Crisis. So uh, we can unpack the message a little bit. But before we do that, um, just kind of talk everyone through where the idea for the message came or the series came from and uh, yeah. what they can expect to hear for the next three weeks after this. Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, and I, I want to help our listeners understand, like, I, I do believe like our world is an identity crisis, like full board. Like we, and like yesterday I entered the message by talking about this whole subculture called otherkins, right? Of people that, that, that identify as you name it as animals, as dragons, as foxes, as dogs, as foxes, foxen, fox, fox, foxen, and the boxen. And the mo- if you're a Brian Reagan fan, you totally know what I just did there. Um, but that they, to the point of changing their body to look like the animal that they identify as. Um, and, and some of you, you understand like there's sexuality issues we're dealing with LGBTQ, we're dealing with transgender, we're dealing with like uh, body, body issues. Um, this series is really not to address the cultural identity crisis as much as the church's identity crisis. And, and so as Christ followers, we live in this world, but I think sometimes we take on the identity crisis of the world around us instead of leaning into the identity we've been given in Christ. And so yesterday we started with you're imperfect, right? We talked about that you're imper- and admitting you're imperfect is actually not the end of your life. It's the beginning of your life. And, and that when you begin to reveal those things inside of you that are actually imperfect, revealing is actually the thing that heals you. Um, and that revealing becomes healing. And, and so as I, as I think about that and look at that, I want to help our listeners understand this series is not developed as, as much as a series for the culture around us to find their identity, which I think they will if they listen to this series. I, I, every series we do is with the lost person that doesn't know Jesus at, at, at the very forefront. But I think that if Christ followers understand who they are, it's easier to help other people understand who they are. And, and the church has been notorious for, like we, we, like Rebecca Hamlin spoke two weeks ago in our now streaming series about dropping our rocks instead of throwing rocks. And I think the church has been notorious that we throw rocks instead of dropping rocks. And the kicker is, is when rocks hit the ground, that's the sound of grace. And the world needs to hear the sound of grace. They don't want to hear about our Jesus. If we don't know what our identity is in Christ, they'll never know their identity in Christ. And so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the inception of this series, Identity Crisis. Now, if you're far from God, you're listening to this, this series is definitely for you as well. Because there's things that maybe you don't even know you need the good news of Jesus. Maybe you've never even heard it. Um, and I said that yesterday as we kicked this off is if you've been living in a bad news life, bad news world, you need to let the good news of Jesus obliterate your bad news life. And and so that that's kind of the inception of the series and kind of where we're going to take it. This next week, we're actually taking a little different. We, we started with You're Imperfect on Purpose. This actually builds. Um, so like we're tearing you down to build you up. Uh, you're imperfect. But this week, and I'll give you a little sneak peek, we're going to talk about what does it mean to actually be chosen? Because I don't know about you, but um, everyone wants to be chosen for something. You know, it goes all the way back to like kindergarten, like even playing Red Rover, right? Like, I don't know if you played Red Rover. I don't know if that that was a thing when you were a kid. It was when I was. Basically, you got to clothesline people, which was the greatest playground (laughs) game ever. But you always, like, I always wanted to be like, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Trevor right over. Like, I wanted to hear my name. Yeah. And then I wanted to run full bore and and prove that I, for my team, man, I could break the chain. You know, I could could break whatever that was. And, And, you know, to be chosen is a big deal. That's why every weekend for our online audience, they actually send me names of people that are online with us so I can welcome them. And so to be able to say, hey, Dylan is with us from Rhode Island. You'd be amazed. Like I've had probably a dozen people that have visited Pantano that started online and maybe from other states. I had a guy a couple weeks ago. He's like, I, I was the guy from New Mexico you welcomed four weeks ago online. Do you remember that? And in my head, I was like, no, no, I, no. I, I this, we get so many names fed to us. Uh, but, but he was seen. 
He was seen, yeah. he was identified by name. There's something about being chosen by name that does something mm. inside of you. So going from understanding you're imperfect, but in your imperfection, God chooses you out of your imperfection. There's something beautiful about that. So that's how this series kind of builds. So I love that. Yeah. So also like just kind of talking about how this, this series is going to like kind of talk about the imperfections of the church as well. Um, just the idea of it was like your, your big takeaway, at least my big takeaway from your message this week, um, admitting that we are not perfect is not the end, but it's the beginning. Yeah. And I think that that's like, yes, it's applicable to me and you as individuals, as people, as Christians. Um, but I think it's definitely applicable to the capital C church too. Um, I think that there's definitely a lot of times where the capital C church could probably do a better job of admitting that it's not perfect either. Well, um, yeah, the the church is built on imperfection in human humanity. It's built on Christ, the perfect Christ. Right. But he's he's entrusted it to us. Uh, and we've made it. <laughs> of course. I mean, go back to the very beginning of time, the fall in Genesis. We talked about that yesterday. I mean, they the 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 minute their eyes were open, they felt shame and nakedness and and then they hide from god and then they blame others uh, and that that's the progression right like you you do something you know is not honoring to what you've been called to your imperfection and then when that happens you get distant from god not because you don't want to be close to god i think most of us get distant from god because we we don't want to have to face the thing that we're now ashamed of and yeah. and and then when we do get confronted with it well what well, dylan made me do it or my my coworker made me do it. My boss made me do it. My but fill in the blank, right? And and we could play this blame game where where if we would just go, you know what? I screwed up, and I'm sorry, and uh, I'm ashamed. And then God goes, all right, let's get you out of that shame. He doesn't want you living in shame and guilt. That's not where He wants you to reside. Um, nothing healthy is built out of living in guilt and shame. That that's well, where remember, destructive things happen. I remember, I remember growing up with my little sister. She's three years younger than me, um, but she's she's a ball of fire. Um, she, she like, whenever she was a toddler, she, she got me like when she was born, she got me a, a metal Tonka dump truck. And my, and like, now I know my parents got me that as a like truce from her to me so that I would accept her and be like, Oh, she's not that bad. She got me a toy, whatever. Um, that same peace offering that she gave me, you know, turn around two years later and she hit me over the head with it and made me bleed. Um, so like she's a ball of fire. But I remember growing up with her, um, and we both did it. Uh, we played the blame game. It's like, well, like I wasn't going to do that, but Samantha, like she, she, she pushed me into it, and my parents are like, she's your little sister, not your bigger sister. It's like it doesn't matter. Have you seen this girl? Um, and have you seen me? Like I'm not, I'm not that strong of an individual um, at that point. <laughs> I like that you uh, you put the caveat at that point. Like, that's funny. I've grown a lot since since six years old. Yeah, um, a little bit. But but my point in saying that and to tell that terrible, awful story, um, I remember so many times when either one of us played the blame game. My, our parents, nine times out of ten, typically knew who was actually in the wrong, and they were just waiting for us to admit it. Yep. Um, and nine times out of 10, when we were dishonest, they were way more angry with us or way more frustrated with us. Um, and the times that we were honest, they were way more apt to extend grace and say, hey, that wasn't right. Here's why it wasn't right. It's OK. Yep. Let's move forward. But whenever we played the blame game, it got messy. It got ugly. And that just it seems indicative of of we're doing the same thing now. Yeah. Well, if you don't ever own the stuff that is yours to own, you can't move past it. You just can't, yeah. you know, like I, I've had plenty of moments in my life and some even in the last couple of years where, you know, have you ever been wronged and you feel like, man, they, that was done to me, but I, I've, yeah. I had somebody very wise a couple of years ago. We, my family and I, we were going through a really, really rough period and, um, it, it was, it really felt like, man, this was done to us. And I had a very good friend of mine in that season call me and go, Hey, what do you need to own in this? And my first response mm. was nothing. I'm owning nothing because, and he goes, no, 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 no. There's always something you can own. And, and I stepped back and I was like, okay. And he was right. And I, I, there was like three things. I'm like, I should have done this. I should have said this. I shouldn't have done that. And uh, so I leaned in and what it really did for this season of my life, it's made me a better human being because I was able to go, okay, that I'm not going to do again. 
that I'm going to make sure I keep a heartbeat on, that I'm definitely going to do more of. And it, all it did was is just it caused me to be a better person, a better leader, a better husband, a better father, um, to be able to, to look at that. Everybody has something to own in every situation. Every situation. Yeah. Now, now let me throw the caveat in there. There's, there's a caveat of things like abuse. There's, um, sure. you know, my, my daughters and my wife and I, we watched this show called, um, undercover under underage, undercover, under undercover, underage. Um, it's a group called Sosa that they go after, um, child predators. And, and I, I can just tell you, if you've been, if you've been under that kind of abuse, that you did, there, there's nothing for you to own in that other than the fact that somebody did something really horrible to you and that's not your fault. But I, yeah. that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about own the, the stuff in you. Sure. Like that there's, there's things that now there's decisions. Like people have done stuff to me that was not my fault. Like I, I, from when I was a kid, but can I tell you as an adult, if I use that as my excuse now to go, yeah, but they did this to me then. Like I'll use my dad as an example. My dad, he's, he was on the podcast with us last year. Um, 101st Airborne, Vietnam, uh, PTSD, goes to counseling for PTSD. Um, my dad's temper when I was growing up, I love my dad. He was an awesome dad growing up. But there were moments that his temper, like the PTSD, I didn't know it growing up, but that was the PTSD. Sure. Um, but at this stage of life, here's what's cool. My dad was on my back patio earlier this this year, and we're, we're sitting having a pretty deep conversation. And he was like, he goes, I'm sorry that I let this affect you growing up. And I was like, dad, we're good. But in that moment, it was hearing my dad, like he was owning in that moment. Like uh, he didn't blame his PTSD. He didn't blame being in Vietnam. He did, And he could have, and rightfully so I would have let him, you know what I mean? Like you get a hall pass dad. Like um, he was like, yeah. but he goes, nope. He goes, son, I need to own the fact that I made a choice to react the way I did. And I didn't have the tools in my mind to figure out how to work it out because, but now I have the tools and, uh, and for me to look at my life now and go, well, you know what, I, I, I respond the way I do to some things because, well, my dad was just, man, he flew off the handle when he got mad. Well, I have a choice now to not do that. I have a choice to live differently, to own my stuff. And that starts with the first, the grace of God, like understanding that God's grace covers those things. But then to be able to go like to a friend like you, Dylan, we're close, we're friends. You know, obviously we have a, a, a boss work relationship, but then we have a friendship as well. And I feel like we have the kind of friendship that if I called you and was like, Dylan, there's some things I got going on inside of me. I need to confess and I need to, I need a trusted friend that I can pray with and be accountable with. Will you do that? And, and you, I know, because I know you, you would be like, absolutely. I got your back, bro. What do you need? And same for you, vice versa. Uh, but there's moments where if you don't do that, you're holding on and harboring things inside of you that will never allow you to get to where you're supposed to be because you're trying to be perfect. And you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you can't well, be. Well, it's 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 very similar, and I think probably in in the same like line of thinking. Whenever you're struggling with an addiction or like a secret sin, um, how hard is it to keep something like that secret? Like you're you're constantly like altering your story, or like you're not you, you tell yourself you're not lying. You're just like not telling the whole truth, right. and by not telling the whole truth, you inevitably you just burn yourself out. You're exhausted. You can't you can't you can't you can't live in freedom. And I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, but like you're dodging bullets left and right. And you're the one shooting the bullets at yourself, which, which ironically saying, I'm not lying. I'm just not telling the whole truth. A, a partial truth is still a complete lie. Correct. <laughs> you know, it's, a, and you're not, here's what's crazy is I think we play this game with God. Like, well, I just won't tell God everything. And God's like, that's cute. Okay. That's cute. You know, I'm, I'm literally watching it happen. Um, I'm right here. I'm, I'm in the room. I got you. I like it. I think that's something pretty like, I don't know, this is just me kind of processing this real time. Um, I think that there's a pretty stark difference. Like God knows everything, right? But there's a difference between God being all knowing and then you also confessing it to him. Like your right. confession to him is owning up to it and saying, I'm so sorry. Like it's the same thing with my parents. Like they knew between me and my sister who who was at, at fault. But whenever one of us would own up to it, that was when they were there was forgiveness, there was grace. And, and then we moved on. If we were going to the water park or whatever, we were going to do that. Like that, that's just, there was freedom on the other side of that confession. Right. Well, it's like my girls, if there's been times when my kids were, well, even as teenagers where I know, I see, I pay attention, you know, and, 
I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. And I could drop the hammer and, and let them have it or see if they're going to own it. So when confronted with it, I always give the option. I'm like, all right, think about how you're about to respond to me. Because historically, I may know something that you don't know that I know. And, uh, and be careful. And, but, but now my girls, I think have learned, it's just easier to go. Yeah. You know what? Dad, I screwed up. And when they come clean to me without me having to say anything, when they come in, they're like, dad, I, I don't know if you know this, but you need to know this. Okay. Let's talk. Now, if I find it out and you try to cover it up, we're going to have issues like, all right, apparently you don't understand how this works. Um, but, but that's what we do with God. We're like, well, if dad finds out, I'm going to get beat. Well, that's not true. Here's an, here's an interesting question, uh, because I'm not on that side of the equation. I'm not a parent yet. As a dad, how long, like, do you have a, a rule of thumb for how long you're willing to give it? Like, if you find it out before they bring it to you, is there like a, how long do you play the waiting game before you say, hey, yeah, like, I this is, I know there's something going on here. Can we, let's talk about it. Yeah. I think it's situational for me. Like it just depends on if it's something monumental, like I'm not gonna let that sit like for a long time. Uh, but if it's something that I'm like, all right, you're starting to develop a pattern. I'm not sure I like, but is this a season? Is this a moment? Is this, or is this just a personality trait we need to work on? Um, there's times I may give it a couple of days. There's times I may give it a couple of weeks and see how this thing pans out. Um, if it's something destructive though, right away, um, it's like, yeah. all right, we're, we're not sitting on this. Uh, and we've had a few of those moments, not many, my girls are really good and I got great kids, but there's been a few moments where it's like, all right, I see a trend. We, we got to nip this quick or this is going to turn into something big. Um, and then there's other things that's like, all right, let's see how this pans out. And, and I talk to my dad now and it's funny because I had a couple years ago, I was like, mom, now I think I'm at a stage of life where I can tell you all the dumb things I did growing up. And she goes, please don't. And I was like, and I was like, why? She goes, because I want to remember you how I want to remember you as that stage of life. And my dad was like, he goes, do you know how many of those things that I know? And I was like, well, no, let's have a little pop quiz. What do you know, dad? And he began to unpack things that he knew. And I was like, oh, oh. I'm like, so why did you let that go on? And he goes, well, because sometimes in life you need to figure out how to deal with those things before I step in and help you deal with them. And, mm-hmm. and, and it is, it's a, it's a little bit of it. Like as a parent, I think it's a dance because there's certain things you don't want to let go too long as a parent because they will be really destructive. There's other things I'm like, you're going to figure this out. Like there's no other way around it. You're going to have to figure this out. Um, and I'm really proud of my girls because they're in a space of life now where, man, if it comes to confronting something, dealing with something like they're just not scared to deal with what needs to be dealt with because we always dealt with what needed to be dealt with. And we also gave them decision-making freedom to figure out how to deal with things in their life as well. And obviously, mm-hmm. if my girls jumped off the the limb, we'd pull them back up. Um, and I've told my girls since they were little, like I, I, like I may not like what you're doing in this moment, but there's nothing, there's nothing my girls will ever do that will make me love them less than I do right now. I tell them all the time, sure. I'm like the least amount of love that I can give you is right now. It will never diminish; it will only grow. And so I love, I love my girls more today than I did yesterday. And I will love them more tomorrow than I do today. So the diminishing will, it'll never diminish; it'll only grow. Uh, but I, but it, then it was, I look at that as God, as a parent, it's really taught me, I feel a little bit more about God because God's not looking at you going, you know what? I'm so disappointed with you. There's no more love for you. That, that doesn't happen with yeah. God. Um, yeah. he's looking at you going, I'm, I don't really like what you're doing right now. I don't like how you're living right now, but gosh, dang it. I love you so much. I'm, I'm going to just keep pursuing you. I'm here for you. Like if, if my daughter, if one of my daughters just goes off the rails tomorrow of life, and, and just say they just walk away from us. Can I just tell you like the story of the prodigal son in scripture? I would probably stand at the front door every day waiting to see if they come home. In fact, I'd probably get in my Jeep and I'd probably drive all over Tucson to try to find my daughter um, or all over the country or whatever it is to find my daughter to bring her back to the safety of her daddy. Um, it, it, it wouldn't be, I'm writing you off. You're no longer my daughter. It would be, I love you so dang much that I'm going to do anything in my power to figure out how to recover you. And that's what God does with us. Like he looks at us and goes, man, I love you so much in your imperfection. I love you so much. I'm going to just keep coming after you. I'm going to look for you. I'm going to find you. Uh, I'm going to pursue you. Here's the ironic thing. You think you're running from God and then you turn around and he's smack dab right there behind you. He's like, yeah, I've been with you the whole time. You just never turned around. Yeah. You know, um, man, that got, that got deep for like 30 minutes, bro. 
I, I got deep. I, you know what? I, after you have a deep conversation, you know what you need to probably do? Have coffee. Probably need to have a little coffee. And listen, I, that intro right there for this segment, I've missed that. And then a little beat drops like right here, right now. Oh, man, that's good. So, Dylan, you're out there on the uh, East Coast. You're drinking coffee. What, do, what are you drinking yep. today? What are you having? Um, so I've had two today. I'm on my second. Mm. Um, here it is 1.42 p.m. right now. So mm. I've got a little time behind me. You do. Um, so this morning, uh, I actually had a coffee. We've talked about Simple Merchant Coffee. Yes. Uh, we talked about it last season, like last episode of last It season, was last episode, yep. Um, so yeah, I would have been in Rhode Island last episode. Yep. Um, so they actually have it. They don't roast it. Um, but they are partnered with another coffee roaster in Newport, Rhode Island called enjoy and enjoy it. I do. Mm, um, I see what you did there. That they, was, you're not a dad yeah. yet, but that was a dad joke. Good job. We're working on it. We are working on the dad jokes. Um, so this one's really good. Um, it, they're a micro roaster. So like they don't roast in huge quantities. So like, if I, I like, I'm going to tell you about this coffee and I'll put it in the show notes, you can go look at it, but they're actually completely sold out. The only way to get this coffee right now is to go to simple merchant in Newport and actually get one. Um, but it's a really good coffee. It is a, uh, it is an anaerobic coffee, which I've really been enjoying a lot more lately. Um, so for, so, for our listeners, help them understand anaerobic. Cause they're thinking like probably Richard Simmons doing aerobics right now. So <laughs> it is anaerobic. It's a coffee that does aerobics is uh, what it, we're it, getting. It basically does uh sweat into the oldies every time you um, drink it. That's a, that's a terrible picture. Now I have a picture of like a hand-drawn coffee bean with like a sweatband <laughs> around its head. <laughs> hey, um, you are a graphic artist. You ought to draw that up. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so anaerobic, um, it refers to anaerobic fermentation. It is a coffee processing method, uh, where coffee is fermented and pressurized sealed tanks. And that kind of sucks the oxygen away from it. And the lack of oxygen kind of, uh, produces distinct acids. Um, and those acids create different and distinct flavor profiles from different coffees. Um, Bro, that's one of the so smartest you- things I've ever heard you describe. <laughs> I mean, that I know was a lot about coffee, man. I, I feel like, okay, listeners, listen, I know some of you right now, you're just like, what did he just say? Go back and listen to that. That is these, bro. That's the smartest thing you've ever said. Uh, I mean, it just, it, it was, it was like, I felt like Bill Nye, the science guy and Mr. Wizard were just on our podcast and, uh, they infiltrated Dylan's brain just then. That was fantastic. So this particular coffee is a Rwandan coffee um, and it, the notes on, and this is actually really cool. You can't see it uh, listeners, but Trevor, you can see it as yes. a glass jar. Yes. So a cool little glass jar, um, but on the jar, not the bag, uh, the tasting notes are pink starburst, lime sherbet and brown sugar. Ooh. Um, and those are kind of unconventional tasting notes. And I think what you kind of see in coffee is some of those more unconventional tasting notes are usually within an anaerobic coffee. So whenever I tell you, like, whenever you smell, like open the jar up, smell the jar, it smells like brown sugar, but you, that lime sherbet is really kind of punchy. Um, so it's so actually you, a really good Do you get the pink starburst out of it? I, so I'm kind of limited here. Um, I think we talked about it last time. All I have with me is my AeroPress Go. Um, and so for whatever reason, I think the AeroPress is kind of just more in line with producing the lime sherbet note. I think if I could run it as a filter coffee on a V60 or something, I might be able to get that pink starburst. I just don't have that with me. So I'm going to try to buy one more of these before we go home and try it out at home. By, by the way, I just bought the um, the fellow, um, you know, where we buy our everything from, our our kettle, our scale, yeah. our um, grinders, all that. I bought the AeroPress attachment that they've got. Ritmo. Yeah. Um, it's fun. I'm excited. Do you have one? Yeah, I have one. Yeah. I'm excited for it. It's supposed to be here this week. And I, and I like the fact that it's got the, 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 the built-in filter. Like I don't have to keep buying paper filters for that. Um, but I, I still love bro. The AeroPress go is so great though for, for on the go. Cool. Um, okay. I, so I, told, I have a full Pelican. I have a full Pelican case. We've talked about it. This yes. is my travel coffee, kit. but the AeroPress go, it's just, it's so much smaller than all that. And I can toss it in my backpack and take it yep. with me. So it wins for that. Okay. So I told you at the beginning of the episode, I, like I, I've got a bombshell to drop on you right now. I'm scared. Uh, uh, well, you might want to be a little scared, not, not completely scared. Um, but this will be shocking news. This will shock you. Um, 
I've not had a cup of coffee in almost two and a half weeks. What is wrong with you? Well, let me tell you. So I'm at this weird magical age, 44. And um, I, literally, when I tell you, so, you know, we're in the grit challenge, right? We're, we're doing that. But um, I, I've, I've worked out every day for 1,312 straight days. Um, my Apple watch, I can, I can show you uh, it's there. Um, I've worked out every day. I lost 55 pounds during COVID got down to, to 155 felt fantastic during COVID best shape I've ever been. Uh, we, we make the move across country, nothing changed. I've not changed my workout. I've not changed my, my eating habits. Um, but I've literally put on like 12, 15 pounds since we've been in Arizona. Um, I was been coming home in the evening, just dragging, man, like just not feeling great in the evenings and, um, was waking up just tired as all get out. Of course, you know what I do when I'm tired, I'm drinking coffee. Right. Um, so I, to the point, like, I don't go to the doctor. Unless I'm dying, I'm probably not going to the doctor. You know, I mean, I have those moments where it's like, yeah, I'm sick. I need to go. But I don't go to the doctor very often. And I just told my wife, I, my wife's a nurse. And I was like, I, I feel like I need to go get something checked out. Like maybe my testosterone levels are low. Maybe like there's something off. Maybe I'm dealing with something um, like weird bloating in the afternoons versus the mornings, like all this stuff. And uh, so I go to the doctor, I have all these blood tests done. They draw this blood a couple weeks ago. And uh, here, here's it's good news and it's frustrating. Everything comes back normal. So I'm like, sweet. And then the other side of me is like, why? Like, why is it normal? Because something's not right. So I talked to my doctor and she was like, she goes, I'm going to have you try a couple things. She goes one. And uh, so now when I get up in the morning, instead of coffee, actually what I do, there's this thing called relight and it's a, it's a hydration powder that goes in water and it's got um, Himalayan salt in it. It's got, but it's flavored. It doesn't taste like salt water, but it is salt water. And uh, so I'm starting my morning with that. Can I just tell you, though, in the last two and a half weeks, everything has shifted back into the right place. Like um, my energy levels are higher. My my afternoon like bloating has gone down. Uh, I don't I don't think it has to do with the elimination of coffee, but I eliminated all of the things that I knew I could eliminate to try to start adding things back to see what it is. Sure. Um, and so like now I'm in this weird little quest with myself. I'm like, well, do I? And I love, here's what you need to understand. I don't love coffee for the caffeine. I love coffee because I love the process, the taste, the, um, and so the, even this morning I came in, I've got my whole setup in my office. You know, we've talked about, it, it looks like brewing bad in there. It's like a meth lab of coffee paraphernalia. And, uh, I come in this morning and I'm like, I'm, I have, I've got a pound of XO coffee sitting in there that I really want to drink. And I was like, I need to give this a couple more weeks. Like I need to, I want to get a month under my belt to just see how I feel, how things are going. And, um, so I legit, like literally, I take that back. You know what? I probably had, ah, it was two and a half weeks ago. I had uh, on a Sunday morning, I had coffee here when I came with my family. Um, the first yeah. week with my girls, that's the last time I've had it in coffee. And was that whenever I to you on the front row? No, it would have been a week after that. So it's, it's been about two and a half weeks. Um, and I, I, yesterday I didn't have a drop of coffee here while preaching. Um, now I've been out for a month. So when I got home yesterday, bro, I crashed like I've never crashed in a long time because I typically don't take naps anymore on Sundays um, because I want to sleep at night. I, yeah. I just crashed and burned yesterday. I don't think I had anything to do with coffee. I just think I had to do with I was back in the saddle preaching and peopling and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so a little bit of a bombshell for coffee time today, man. I've uh, Yeah, it is. I, it is. But... It, it, the other side of that, like I'm not done with coffee. Like I'm not outing coffee. I'm not offing coffee. I'm not getting away from it. The other side of that, I feel a little bad for my wife because my wife, she's been having some things that we've been dealing with. And the doctor told her, I want you to drink no more than eight ounces of coffee a day. <laughs> and so she, that's a big deal for her. And so she is backed way off and she has literally like almost a half a cup of coffee. And then she's got this um, cacao nib type powder that she puts in. And, um, and when I tell you, she savors every sip of a cup of coffee in the morning right now, like, bro, she is like, it's like the greatest thing she's ever had, you know? Um, but I, part of me is like, I'm not going to be walking around with 10 pounds of coffee in front of her every day when she can't drink it. And so, sure. you know, some it's of that, kind of too. Yeah. so, but I'm not, I'm not off in coffee. Coffee time is not going away on here. I mean, I will, I will definitely be back in the, I, cause like I'm having a little bit of withdrawals in the shakes from my coffee, you know, and not because of the <laughs> caffeine, but because I just, I miss the, I like the process. I like the, um, and the tasting notes and all those kind of things. So I'm kind of vicariously living through your coffee time moment today, um, listening to this, but I, 
That's a little bit of a bombshell for you today. I just thought I'd let you in on it, though. I, you need a you need a bomb button on the the pad. Where you yeah, because that that's not a that's not a train. That's you know that train keeps going. There's a there's a you know like a like a like operator. Yeah, yeah. It is a little bit of a bomb. We dropped a little bit of a bomb. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, right now. There is a there is a pound actually of Exo Coffee that I'm going to have to open at some point and. Uh, I do actually need to thank uh, Stephen Job because he brought me and used some coffee from oh. uh, Old World, oh, Old World, so in, good. Uh, Reno, I think. Yes, and it, it was delicious. I really enjoyed it. That was the one you um, brought me as a concierge on a Sunday morning. It is. Had a lot of people asking if that was a new service we were offering. Okay, I got. I got to tell like because some of our listeners don't have a clue, but so I. I was on sabbatical for a month, and but I, we still came to church on Sundays, and, uh, which is really fun for me because I don't ever get to come to church with my family. So I got to actually drive to church and come to church like like everybody else does. And uh, we're sitting in the second row. Worship's about to start. And Stephen gives us this coffee. And I'm like, man, I want some of this coffee. And you're like, I'm going to go make this coffee. And so you take the coffee, run over here into the studio. You make this. And I'm like, oh, I'll get it after service, I guess. I guess Dylan got lost, fell in the fountain. I don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden, like halfway through the first song, you come in and you give Steve a cup, you give me a cup and like people around us are like, what is this? And is this something new? Like you can order coffee and they bring it to your seat. And, uh, and then Steven, this is the funniest part. So Kenny, who's on our worship team is sitting behind Steven and Steven and I both lock eyes with each other after this first sip and are like, oh my gosh. And then Kenny's like a little kid. He's like, what's going on? Can I have some? I want some. And so Steven turns around and gives him a sip. And then Kenny's like, oh, that's fantastic. Like you could just see like we're having this moment in the middle of worship that is nothing to do with what's being sung. It's about the coffee that we're drinking. And uh, it's so, but it was, bro, that coffee was good. It, yeah, it was really good. I really, that's actually what I'm drinking. So I told you I've had two today. The Enjoy was the first, this uh, Old World that he, uh, I think it's Old World, Old World Coffee Lab. Yeah, right? some, some, yeah, you know what? Let me look because we're in a text thread with him. Um, and, and I do think it was in, was it Reno? I think that's where it was. It was. I remember it was Reno. Yeah. Uh, I just don't have the bag with me. So, well, you took the bag from me so fast on that Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, Old World Coffee Lab. And, uh, um, okay. And it, there was another one, the Hub Coffee Roasters. The, oh, yeah. And you, and you mentioned that to him. Um, yeah, because Becca brought us back Hub from Reno before. Yeah. Yeah, but bro, the that old world coffee was good. That was really good. I mean, it, it was really good. Very, and he, he he asked me. He's like, "Is this enough of a bribe to get me back on the podcast?" I was like, "Well, one, you didn't need a bribe to get back on the podcast. No, just You're ask. welcome anytime." Yeah, just ask. And 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 two, um, yes, I guess it worked because yes, we want you back. Yes, we we would love you back, Stephen. And I I'll probably break my coffee fast for you if you come back. <laughs> If you bring coffee again, bro, you can be my, you can be our other co-host. We can have co-co-host. Um, Coco? Coco. You can be our co-co-host. <laughs> he's, Mr. he's Mr. Coco. He's Mr. Coco. He's like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, but uh, uh, there was an episode where George so bad wanted to, he wanted to be called T-Bone. And then he was jumping around outside the office and they were like, he looks like Coco, that gorilla, the way he's jumping around. So they started calling him Coco and he was really mad about it. Um, if you know that reference, we could be friends. If you don't, well, go watch Seinfeld. Um, all right, I'm going to get us out of this segment, bro. Um, it was a good coffee time, though. We 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 dealt with some life in that moment. Um, I, f- I feel like I defeated myself in that coffee time a little bit. Like I, I feel like here, let me suck all the life out of a great segment where you're you're the smartest man known to man in that segment. Like you're talking about aerobic <laughs> coffee beans and that are wearing headbands and it's, it's amazing. Uh, so Dylan, what do, we, what do we got coming up, man, that we need to unpack? There's, I feel like there's a lot of things coming up actually. Um, I think the biggest thing, um, and you can unpack this a little bit more, uh, new service times are rolling out like at the end of this yeah. month, um, yeah. 27 days from us recording this. So like yeah. 25 days from you hearing this new three new service times. Yeah. 830, 1030, 1230. And um, we're, we're kind of moving them all so we can space them the right way for everybody. Um, here's what's funny is some people thought they started like when we started announcing them. So we had people showing up at 1230 a couple of weeks ago. We had yesterday I had uh, a family that I, I saw them. They were here really early. I was like, man, you guys are really wanting your seat today. And they're like, we thought the new 830 started today. And so I was like, yeah, it does not. Um, 
But let me tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Um, one is our our parking lot has just been full. Like a couple of weeks yeah. ago, we had at nine o'clock we had four parking spaces, or at, we had one parking space at nine o'clock and four at eleven. And uh, I watched a couple of weeks ago as people pulled in, drove around, and drove right back out because they couldn't find a spot. And uh, we don't like that. We want you to have a place to park. We want you to have a place to be. Um, and so what we really need is if you're part of Pantano, we need roughly about 200 to 250 people from each service to make their way to 1230 for us. And here's what's cool. We're going to have uh, between the 1030 and the noon, we're going to have brunch and then we're also going to serve lunch. And so you can get a little brunch action, but this is the biggest thing. We don't need you just to come and and do it for a few weeks. We need y'all to make 1230 your service. We want to grow it. Um, it's a good opportunity to start inviting ones to be a part of what we're doing and get more ones in the door to get to know Jesus um, and be a part of what's going on here at Pantano. But if you can do that for us, that would be, man, you you would just make my day to go to 1230 because I think one, 1230 is going to be a lot of fun. And two, uh, it gives us an opportunity to reach more people. And we've got a goal this year to reach 8,000 people by the end of this year. And uh, we're well on our way. I mean, we've been, even through the summer, we've seen some crazy cool growth. Um, we've seen, uh, as of yesterday, 315 people have been baptized since January. Um, and that's that's 720-some people since January of last year that have been baptized. And, and so God's moving. He's doing something. We want to make room for God to move more. And so, um, yeah. and we're going to make room for one more. So that's, that's starting July the 30th. And we got GLS coming up right after that. Like the next week is GLS global leadership summit. Um, and rumor has it, rumor has it that GLS is going to offer a, um, a one day registration. And I think it's this Sunday. I, I um, don't confirm that yet, but I think it's this Sunday is a, they're going to give a one day discounted rate for anybody that signs up this coming Sunday. Um, and so if you've been kind of holding off, now's going to be a good time because you're going to get, I believe it's 20 or $25 off what the full price is to be able to come. And so I can't, I can't speak highly enough of GLS. I've always gone and now I'm excited to get to be a part of a church that's hosting it. And, uh, it'd be worth being a part of for sure. So, and then, and then Rooted's coming, uh, Rooted will be kicking back off again in August. Is that right? So, um, baptism Sunday, two weeks away. You just mentioned baptism, yeah, baptism so. Sunday is on the 16th. And so if you've not signed up for that, you can go to our next steps page, pantano.church slash next steps. Um, next step or next steps. Uh, it's actually next steps, next but steps. if you type in either, either we'll get you to the right, but it'll place get you there either way. Um, or if you're in our auditorium, there's a QR code on the back of the seats. If you scan that yep. QR code, that'll take you right there as well. Um, and then there's something I'm really excited about that's coming in September. And, um, we've not even started promoing this yet, but if you listen to the podcast, you're, you're going to get a first glance. So if you, say, are we, is this the bomb we're going to drop right now? Oh yeah. I'll drop this bomb. Uh, okay. I'll absolutely drop this bomb. Um, our, our good friend, Darian Sanders, some of you guys know Darian, he was here in September of last year. Um, and they brought the Lion King cast and, uh, did a worship night for us. And Dylan, I think you can attest to this. It may be one of the single greatest worship experiences I've ever been a part of. Um, Hands down. If not, if not the, the, the best worship experience I've ever been a part of collectively. And um, so Darian and his friends reached out to me and said, hey, we're going to do a tour of worship nights in September of 2023. And we would like to make sure Pantano is one of the first ones we do that with. And we were like, uh, just tell us the day. And so uh, right now, September the 13th, just put that on your calendar. September the 13th is going to be right now is going to be our worship night with my friend Darian, who plays Simba and Lion King, and his friends, some of which are from the Lion King, some of which are musicians from all over the country. And uh, it's going to be a little different because we're also going to do something else. Is it the 14th? You sure about that? I don't think I'm looking right. at the calendar right now. You sure? I think. Yep. What day is that? Thursday. Thursday, September 14th. Okay. You're right then. It's the day before my anniversary. Um, I may when I'm wrong. You're right. Um, Actually, their tour kicks off the 13th. That's what was in my mind. They start in Louisville, then they come here. Um, but this time, we're going to do something even a little different with our people. Um, we've got a, a baptism celebration weekend scheduled for that weekend, but we're not doing it on Sunday. We're going to do it Thursday night at the worship night with the crew, the cast. So if you're looking for um, something, to, one, bring your family to, one, bring your ones to, uh, but two, you've been questioning, Hey, I really want to get baptized. And you're kind of, you're thinking about that. 
and you want to do it then, that would be a great night to do it. It'd be an awesome experience. Um, just be one more thing to just put in the story of when you got baptized. Those are memorable moments. I remember when I got baptized. Um, and it'd just be, that's a cool part of the story. So um, anyhow, that's coming in September. Be looking for promo on that. You're the first ones to hear about this. Nobody else is hearing about this right now. So the only way you hear about this is if you listen to the podcast. So sometimes we give things to you on the podcast. You don't get other places. There's sometimes that. we give you chaos. We, we typically, today's not been as chaotic. It hasn't. Maybe that's the correlation between me and coffee. It's our, <laughs> we're hitting our <laughs> terrific threes. Yeah. Not terrible threes, terrific threes. Yeah, let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're we're only fifty <laughs> minutes into the season. Like let's let, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. There's there's plenty of room for chaos on this podcast. Um, no, I'm just I'm so excited. One, I, I love uh, like Paul, who's on our staff, um, Christine's husband. Um, Paul came up to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, I cannot wait for the podcast to kick back up. When do you guys start that back up? And I was like okay, cool. Now we're, now we're to our, uh, our sixth person, you know, that, um, that, that likes the show. Um, but no, that's, uh, that's cool. Paul, I'm glad you listen. I'm glad all of you that listen. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being a part. Yep. Dylan, any parting words for everybody before we get off here today? I, I would say, uh, you know, we're kicking off season three and like you said, we've got six fans now, um, six people who care about this <laughs> podcast. Um, so all six of you, uh, if you want to, Leave us a voicemail and let us know what you want to hear from us in this yeah. season of the podcast. Actually, uh, we would we would love to hear from you guys. Actually, if you go to the Anchor app, anchor.fm slash the make, right? I believe is, is so. That right? Is that right? Um, if you go there, that's the place where you can leave a voicemail for us. And if you yep. leave it there, it'll get inserted into the show. And uh, you can seriously ask whatever you want. Or if there's something you want us to talk about, put it there. We'll talk about it. I promise you. We'll, we talk about everything else. Why not that? Um, we there, Nothing is off limits, obviously, on this podcast because we just talk about everything. Um, we are literally, this is like a Seinfeld podcast. It's a podcast about nothing, but about everything all at the same time. Uh, well, Dylan, I'm, I'm glad that you are only 10 days left in Rhode Island, that you get to come back this way. I'm really excited that we get to see you out here in about a month and uh, get to hang, yeah. out, hang out with you and Melissa. And uh, I'm so excited for her and her journey right now as well. And um, But we'll be back here next week, will we not? We will be back. And, uh, Same time. I, did you create the new intro, outro? I did. I did. Well, that's so good. Did you, did, you. Did, you, did you go find that or did you build that? Oh no, we get all of our sounds like that from Soundstripe. Oh, Soundstripe. this is not this is not an ad. So um, if Soundstripe but, would like to sponsor us, though, we would gladly <laughs> we would gla- we would gladly <laughs> let you sponsor us because um, they do a great job. The only, only one that I built was the coffee intro. I, love I did it. build that. That makes me like sometimes you don't know this, but I come over to the studio sometimes, put my headphones on, and just <laughs> listen to that over and over. <laughs> <laughs> if Trevor's having an off day, we know where to find him. I'm like, I come in here and just let it loop. I'm like, Dee. Trevor sits in the dark with the lamp behind him, puts his headphones on, listens to the coffee loop. You know, I, I got halfway through this episode today and I was like, why do I have all these lights on in here? Like I'm by myself. It's not like I'm in here with anybody and you don't really need to see me. It's more for the Zoom recording. Um, but hey, we'll be back here next week. Do me a favor, if you would, uh, go share this. Um, go leave us comments. Uh, make sure everybody else can can hear this as well. And do me a favor this week. We want you to go from being a Sunday taker to an everyday maker. And we'll be back here with you next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church/slash/the-make. We can't wait to see you again next week.